It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. When Doug and I first moved into our place together, I set up the kitchen. Uh-huh. And he was so mad at me about that because he couldn't find anything. <laughs> yeah. So... Will you be able to know where things are? Yeah, I've basically, I've already done all the hard parts. Okay. The decision-making parts, right? And now it's like, straighten these things up and unpack this box, but it's logical where the things from the box are going to go. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. The strategic decisions have been made. That's true. Well, and I find probably like you do, and I'm sure you do the same, like moving from one place to the next, you tend to set up the kitchen kind of the same Mm -hmm. way. It's not not real innovative. No. Right. Is the junk drawer on this side or on this side? Right, yeah. You just make a decision. Go like, oh, that's the logical place that feels the same as the last place for where my silverware goes. Absolutely. I went last, last weekend. I didn't even tell you this. I told literally nobody, but I went away. I think I I told you that. Um, I went to a tiny house. Oh. And I stayed by myself. It was glorious. Yeah. I, I drank wine. I made fire. I binged watched a series on Hulu. Nice. 1015, highly recommended. <laughs> if you haven't heard of this show, it's... I, have, I see the ads for oh it Oh my gosh, time. it's it... like they put a camera on us when we were in <laughs> eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> so they talk about AOL, they play the sound. I went right back there. Yeah. Mentally. Yeah. It was kind of disturbing in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so how big was your tiny house? I mean, it was tiny. Yeah. But it was like the... The bottom was just the kitchen and then the bathroom. Bathroom was nice. I, I did appreciate that. But then there was kind of stairs that yeah. had cabinets underneath them. Mm-hmm. And then a bed up there was queen size bed. Hmm. And then the other side had a ladder going up and they had just like a bed roll and a That's TV cool. and pillows. And That's cool. Like we, we watch a lot of tiny home videos on YouTube. Super so cute. like, yeah, one of my dreams, my, my retirement plan is to basically buy a school bus and convert it into a tiny home. And both of us just drive around the, the country and see amazing sights. That's what I want to do. Awesome. Down with owner homeownership. Yeah. 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 Lita, what's your what I mean, now that you've just started a new job, what's your retirement goal? <laughs> Where do you see yourself in, I don't know, 40-ish years? I don't yeah, know. I, I think there might be like a um one of those little teardrop shaped things that you attach to the trailer of your car mm. you drive around in. That's what I've got my yeah. eyes on. Yeah. That, that's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'd be okay not to travel around. Really? You'd want to stay in one place? Well, you know how much money I make. Um, I want to have several places. The, <laughs> the, the money that this podcast is bringing yeah. in. Oh, um, man. Definitely covered that. But oh. No, I would want to have a couple different places mm. because I do like seasons, yeah. just not winter. Yeah. So that I could have, you know, and I don't want to be in somewhere super grossly hot in the summer either. Right. Yeah. And there's no place I've seen that will suffice all of my, yeah. So you would be a migratory person at that point. You yeah. Change depending on the season. But a couple different places. Okay. Like I need a place in the mountains for sure. Yep. Mountains mm-hmm. are a must. Not a beach person. So yeah. that's not necessary. Just warmer. Yeah. yeah. Um, See, I like mountains all year long though. I, I do too. Mountains are awesome. But yeah. They, it is cold sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's when you just like 
stay at home and be an introvert and don't go anywhere. Yeah, I don't know how that works. That sounds amazing. This is, Lita, you have caught me on the best day of the year since March 12th. My children are in school today. Wow. Is so wonderful. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. That's huge. I mean, it's, it's one of those, like, Ben's kiddo went back to school yesterday as well. Like, there's this eerie, beautiful silence. Mm-hmm. And another parent was like, it's weird, isn't it? I said, no, it's wonderful. That's glorious, yeah. <laughs> I just walked around in silence in my house today because my, my husband took my son to school and it was like. <laughs> <laughs> of course, then he came home and went to work. So I'm like, I'm going to get right. out of here. <laughs> but, so you're in Columbus now. I am. Yeah. You've had a crazy journey. Where are you originally from? Well, so my dad is a, was a foreign service officer, so okay. he worked at embassies, so I am mostly from Southeast Asia. Oh my oh, gosh. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm from a lot of different places. Went to middle school in Nepal, um, so, but more recently than that, I went to high school in Toronto, and my mom's side of the family is from that area, so that's kind of my hometown. Okay. But Milwaukee is a place I've lived the longest. I was seven and a half years in Milwaukee. Wow. So, that kind of feels like my hometown, but I didn't live there till I was an adult, so. Well, so you're used to the cold then. Oh yeah, no yeah. problem. Yeah, I'm half Canadian, I'm good on cold. That's true, and then you're in Chicago, so I mean. Right, so I think actually it's gonna be better here. <laughs> it's not, it, well, I don't know. I mean, Chicago can get pretty gloomy in the winter as well, but it's just so dark here. Yeah. That's, that's my biggest complaint. It's like, do we have a sun? <laughs> Is it gonna no? Yeah. Not going to? Okay. Okay. Tomorrow? No. I like snow a lot, so I hope. Yeah, some snow's good every once in a while. If you get the teardrop thing soon, I mm-hmm. might borrow it for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the snow. Yeah. You, you and my husband. Right. He wants he wants to move to Toronto. Okay. He, yeah, he's the cold weather person. Like that's his he loves mm-hmm. the city and wow. So Nepal. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Nepalese? Did you have, I mean, was it taught in English? Or? Yeah, I went to a, I went to an American curriculum international school. Okay. Yeah, so I've always gone to school in English. Um, the cool thing is, is that, you know, at schools like that, you've got people in your classroom from all over the world, right? So anyone, wow. right, as an international school, it's really mostly people who are not from that country who have moved there for whatever reason um, and are going to school. So yeah, so I had I had friends from a whole bunch of different places and uh, moved about every three to four years growing up. So oh my gosh, was feeling that feeling ready to just put down some roots and settle? Yeah. Did you? What was your What was your favorite place that you moved to in all of those traveling? Absolutely, years? Nepal. Totally. Really? Were you up in the yeah. mountains and everything? Or yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, yeah. It's kind of like there's there's the flatlands and then there's the hills and then there's the mountains. Um, yeah. And so the capital city, Kathmandu, is right in the hilly region. But if, if the if the weather was pretty good and the, it was clear, you could definitely see the Himalayas. That's oh my cool. god! School playground, right? That's so cool. it was it was really cool. That's awesome. Wow. Hmm. What what was the culture like there? I mean, um, you- yeah, you know, it's a uh, it's a pre- I think it's the only Hindu country in the world. So religiously, it's predominantly Hindu, and then with a lot of Buddhist and Tibetan Buddhist influences. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I, li- I lived in the city, so I, you know, I lived with people who were all like 
city folks. Um, but then also like in Nepal, right, when you go hiking up into the mountains, then you, you meet a lot of people who are living in villages and, um, right, lots of rice farming, things like that. Oh my yeah. God. That is so cool. I did not know this about you. That's my fun fact. That is your fun. I'm sure you have more. And I have <laughs> to ask you, this is, this is another strange question, but something I thought about, what is the derivation of your name? I've never met Alita before. Yeah, so I was born in Greece because my dad was working there. Um, and so Lita's a Greek name. Okay. Um, and there's a nice awkward story from mythology called Lita and the Swan, which you can Google later if you want. <laughs> Weird things happen in Greek mythology. Okay. That's true. That's awesome. <laughs> but it's not short for anything. It's just Lita. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have brothers? She, she, was the, she was the queen of Sparta. Okay. Um, and and she's Helen of Troy's mom, which I think that's some good genes, right? That yeah. is good genes, yeah. <laughs> Well-known genes. Uh -huh. <laughs> Dig that too, yeah. Do you have any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I've got a younger brother. Okay. What is his name? And his name is Paul, because it's my dad's middle name. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the pattern did not hold. <laughs> <laughs> now, is he in the States as well? Yeah, he lives in San Francisco. Okay. You really do need this teardrop thing. Like you've got a, yes. a lot of traveling happening. Mm -hmm. Very, very spread out. Where, where's the rest of your family then? Uh, so my dad lives in Peoria, Illinois, where he's originally from. So he retired and he's living there now. Okay. And until last week, my mom lived in Malaysia. Um, but she decided, she's decided to come back. I'm getting married in a week. So she's coming to the wedding and then she's going to go take care of my grandparents who live outside Toronto for a little bit. So right now she lives in my house, but only for, only for the next week. Yeah. And then she's off to new things. I had forgotten your wedding was coming up so fast. Where are you guys doing? What are you doing? Uh, we're having a tiny, tiny ceremony in Catherine's parents' backyard. Okay. So, you know, and, we're gonna, and we'll have a big party another year. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we can coordinate it with my 42nd birthday because I'm thinking by the time I turn 42, this will all be said and done. I hope so. That's mm -hmm. hope so. Or either that yeah. or we're just not 40 yet. Mm -hmm. We just don't <laughs> count it, this year. It will be done when I'm 42. And well, you turned 42 before me, so that's good. I turned well, I turned 41 in October. So yeah. let's yeah. just move this along. Yeah. I mean, if we're going, yeah. Yeah. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> So then when did it's a lot of pressure, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, let's do this to see it's over with then. It's gone on long enough. I'm working on it, okay? In in Ben's spare time, when he's not doing media work, he's creating vaccines. I've got a lab yes. in the back of the studio. I wouldn't say that so. too much. <laughs> so did you go to high school then overseas or were you in Toronto? In Toronto. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you speak a lot of languages? That's a weird I question. don't. It's, okay. ter it's terrible, but I really don't. <laughs> I, uh, when I was very little, I could speak Bahasa Indonesia, which is the language they speak in Indonesia. Okay. And then I went to school, right? I went to school in English and it all went out the door. Wow. So when I used to visit my mom in, in Malaysia, which I haven't been there now in uh, 10 years almost, but when I used to visit and you know I feel like I can pick up on some things a little faster because they must be yeah. somewhere in the back of my brain but nope oh my goodness you didn't have to study French in yes Toronto? we did yes you have to study French when you go to high school in Canada okay 
but I yeah. also because I got there in eighth grade I started behind everybody <laughs> so you know everyone had been taking French since kindergarten and I showed up and didn't speak any French at all so my French is um it exists yeah not very good <laughs> I like that do you have that on your resume French exists <laughs> mediocre French <laughs> I I think I finally took German off my resume it's like we're, we're down to about 12 words now yeah. um, all of mine are swear words so yeah yeah <laughs> no. but you can order a beer I mean that's I could probably get away with it yeah right. I, it, but that would be I thought yes got it yeah yeah there was once I think I've told you this Lita there was one time I was doing a mission trip and our stopover was in Zurich and with Swiss air, of course, they speak German first, then French, then English. Mm -hmm. I, and I was pretty proud of myself because I took five years, mm -hmm. granted a long time ago, um, but they would ask everyone as they came up the line, Sprechen Sie Deutsch. And I was very excited. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Okay. <laughs> so the, I get up there and the woman's like, Sprechen Sie Deutsch? I said, yeah, I'm Bishan. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, no, 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 literally I'm Bishan. Sorry, English, American. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. But if you went, went I don't Wait. know where I'm from now. If, That's West Virginia. I, I, don't, I yeah. don't even know. I don't think if you went somewhere where they were French speaking, would you be able to pick it up now? I, I think like in, a, in a reading world, right, I can, I can read in French okay. You know, okay. right, I can read some signs. I could figure out where I, right, where I am and where to go. Uh, but I, I try in college, I, I was in Paris and I tried to call a hotel and write and try to, and it, it did not go well. Like my <laughs> speaking is, it's not very good. Um, so I would say, no, I think I, I reading would be okay. Okay. <laughs> Where did you go to college then? I went to college at Grinnell in Iowa. Okay. Yeah. So, right. Like it's basically, it's on, I, it's right in the middle of Iowa between Iowa city and Des Moines. Yeah. Um, right super super small liberal arts college it was great loved every minute what did you study i was a theater major and almost a history major really yeah how how almost <laughs> well in my senior year the class i needed to be a theater major and the class i needed to be a history major were scheduled at the same time oh my and god so I picked, I picked this theater class and then did a different history class that I really wanted to take. It just didn't officially satisfy the major requirements. Okay. Which, you know, whatever. What was your goal at that time? Like, were you wanting to teach theater history or? No, I, you know, I went to college thinking I really like science and history and theater. And I, uh, I did not submit it with my college applications, which I'm grateful for. I don't think it would have helped, but I wrote a draft college admissions essay about this play that I was going to direct someday and write that was about the chemical compounds used in Shakespeare plays. This is 17 oh. year old me. Wow. Um, it had like dancing molecules. It was Someday I should just do it to satisfy my 17 year old self's dreams. Um, but I went to college and, and realized that like, you know, liberal arts college is great, but they also still say you should probably focus on some things. Yeah. yeah. And I started focusing and um, I wanted to be a history professor for a little tiny bit, but I just kept working in the theater world and going, this is pretty great. I think so often, you know, we all tell people how hard it is and what a difficult industry this is. And that is all very, very true, but it was kind of hard to imagine that it could actually be possible. Yeah. Um, 
And so, you know, it wasn't, I was probably a year to a year and a half out of school before I was like, oh, this is an actual thing that maybe if I'm really lucky, you know, could work out in the long term. So what did you want to, what did you want to do with it then? I mean, was it to become an actor or director or? I, I known I was a director, I think since the second year of college. Okay. Where I just like, I watch myself way too much when I'm acting. Right, I have really, really hard time to stop watching myself. I'm really curious in the big picture. When okay. I started assistant directing, I was so happy, uh, right? It just felt like this is exactly right. And then I got to direct some things in college and I just went, oh, this, this is the answer. Yeah. What did you first direct, do you remember? Um, the, well, the first, I directed a short play called Minnie Mouse in the Frozen Food Aisle. <laughs> written work. Uh, one of my best friends was in it. Uh, She's now a grant writer, not an actor at all. Um, and we had a great time. And then the first full-length thing I directed was You're in Town. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. That's a pretty hefty step from the... the... Uh, yes, it was. Wow. Yeah. The, right, the, the original director who was a senior had to leave. And uh, I said, well, I'll try this. And I mean, the lessons I can learn from that. Like, we never had a design meeting. The costume design and the set design... Uh, both by people who are now accomplished designers in their own rights, but none of us knew that we should probably talk about how they worked together. Right, 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 right. Right. Uh, and, that, and then I think the second play I ever directed was Women of Troy. It's quite a bit different than your. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um, Slightly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So, Is, that's kind of my. That's my. That's my eclectic taste. Oh my gosh. That's that's quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. Large. There's a large gap between those two things. And what a huge step to, t- I don't know. My first directing experience was miserable. Um, I mean, it was really, let me rephrase that. We had a couple miserable college professors who stated things in a very non-helpful helpful mm-hmm. way that made the experience negative. Mm-hmm. When you look at me and say, I didn't get it and walk away, that doesn't really help um, yeah. anything. So, but it, it, you're right. Like the first experience is the one that, all those mistakes, like, okay, well, now, mm-hmm. now we know what to do mm-hmm. for next time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do Helena Troy anytime soon. <laughs> or, <laughs> the, the, yeah, no, yeah. not going to do that. No, no. Wow. Is there anything that you wouldn't direct? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Like, but, but in the world of like offensive things, well, yes. <laughs> like, things I just believe shouldn't be in the world. <laughs> things I would not direct. Um, I, I think there are definitely like stories also that are not my place to tell. So, yeah. but, but stylistically, I would say, no, I, I really like, I feel really fortunate that I've had a, a directing career where I've, where I've been able to not get so put in the box. I think so easily yeah um you end up that way and like i've not i have not done a lot of comedy okay Hmm. um and i've not done a lot of super realism right i don't do a lot of plays with couches um but just two summers ago i directed born yesterday at texas shakespeare festival and that is a play uh that is super funny it's all about comic timing and Mm -hmm. it's super realism fancy fancy new york hotel room or washington dc hotel room right big beautiful realistic set and everyone's drinking all the time and so it's a you know about tracking the the glasses and where those things go and when I work in a you know slightly more abstract or minimalistic world which is where most of 
uh, my directing experiences. It does no no one's carrying around glasses and tracking how much whiskey they drank. So yeah. it was a whole it was a whole new thing, and I was just thrilled to get to do it because I could do those things very often. Right. Wow. What is? I'm not going to ask you the worst show. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> what was the the most interesting directing experience you've had, whether good or bad, just interesting? Yeah. So. One of the very first plays that I did in Milwaukee was I self-produced a production of Margaret Atwood's The Penelope Ad, the retelling of the Odyssey from the perspective Mm. of Odysseus's wife, Penelope. And in the Odyssey, there's this one sentence about her 12 maids. And when all the men got home, they went, wow, like, you know, you, you've been, you've all been dishonest uh, and they hanged them. And that's all you know about these women. Uh, and so Margaret Atwood, in all of her wonderful glory, has written uh, a novella and now a play about those women and what was their story, um, right, and what was their backstory. And it's, a, it's an ensemble piece. They play all the different characters, 13-person uh, mm. cast. Wow. Um, and we, I did it in a, underneath a bridge in a swing park. So uh, it's, uh, a number of people in this community organization had come and set up these big giant swings hanging from this huge overpass over the river. Oh and God. a little park had popped up underneath it with these little benches. And, um, and so I was driving by one day and I'd read this play and I was like, that's the set I have in my mind. It just happens to actually exist in the world. <laughs> so got a bunch of friends together who had experience in that site-specific work. And we did this play and people walked by and stopped and you could throw your five bucks in the bucket if you wanted to at the end. Wow. Uh, and it just, yeah, it, it was it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. That's cool. oh, That's amazing. That would be good for this timing too, because yeah. you're outdoors. And right, exactly. Put the swing six feet apart. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this is... It's amazing to me the the things that are popping up that people have figured out in this time. Yeah. Slowly but surely. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've, you and I have talked about this quite a bit, but it just, it's amazing that the innovations that people have had, like it or not. I mean, no. <laughs> do you think that this will shape things moving forward? I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I think. You know, I don't. I don't think we're ever going back to the way that we were doing things before. And I think, in in many ways, like that's a really, really good thing. Right. Um, is a lot of a lot of things that were not great about the way we used to work have come to the foreground, and we're going to be able to adapt from there. And I think, you know, in the the technology world is going to be a part of what we're doing. Um, we've also learned how accessible it's making a lot of art to people who for various reasons, you know, aren't gonna to travel to the theater to see something. So I'm excited about what that looks like and um, and also just watching myself and so many theater artists around the country figure out how these mediums work, mm-hmm. right? And what the tools are. And I think, I hope to come out of this way more technically proficient in the world of video and the world, you know, and maybe that's about being able to talk to a projection designer differently in the future um, sure. and that's it. But But all of those, I think all of those things were just going to get better and better at how it works. Yeah. Mm. So you've, you have a lovely little pandemic journey that you've been on because you, you know, got a new job. Um, yeah. <laughs> when did all of that start? Like, yeah, I was thinking about it the other day. I think it was April. Was it April? Okay. Mm. I um, think it was after the pandemic had started. Yeah, for sure. It was after the pandemic had started. Yeah. Um, could have been April or May sometime in there. 
and I, you know, I wasn't looking for a job. Uh, the search, the search committee reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, I think you'd be interested in this. I was like, wow, okay, I hadn't really played right. There's a pandemic and I'm running my theater company in Chicago and um, try to think about what that looks like. And, um, and I, you know, I'd only been there a little while. I was like, I don't know, this is the right moment. And at the end of the day, it was like, well, just, just talk to some people from CACO, see if you like them. And that was, that made it all so incredibly clear and just went, wow, what a, what a, you know, the board is really brave right now and really interested in, like real work and productions that make people think and bring people joy. And I think we all have a similar goal in mind for what the purpose of theater is. Um, I'm also, you know, Krista, you know this, I'm, a, I'm a really big on art on theater education. Mm -hmm. um, that's been probably half of my career. Um, yeah. And so getting to lead a theater that has such a strong you know, CACO as kids and education programs, it feels really important. Well, we couldn't do that, yeah. <laughs> well, we, you know, we, I wouldn't want to run a theater that didn't have those programs. So yeah, the, the fact that those are already so strong um, was just yet another draw. And as a Milwaukee person, the, the mid-sized Midwestern city just feels like home. Yeah. And we're a little bit warmer. Mm -hmm. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Tropical. Yes. <laughs> our, our name is shorter. Yes. That, that not as much to write. Mm -hmm. That's, I have never been Counting to Milwaukee. Literally, head. that's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know what the Alice Cooper said in that's, Wayne's World. That's, yeah. that's all I've got. <laughs> Which means the good land. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. You're not worthy. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. that's bad that that's all we know in Milwaukee <laughs> is Wayne's World. Well, sometime post pandemic, we can go there together. I'll show you around. Okay. <laughs> More than just what we see in Wayne's World. Yeah. That's, that's a possibility. It's, the things that we learn from TV and movies, though, I mean, it's a good education. Yeah. 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 Not always. Not always. But you know what? I, I've showed my kid a lot of story bots, and you ask him anything about the planets, and he knows all uh -huh. about the planets. And so it's it, it works. You it know? does. You know. There's a lot of useless information. Oh, there's tons of crap out there, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. The stuff that we're seeing our kids watch is... Um, I really like how, sorry, sidebar. My son is into the videos of people playing video games. So okay. he's watching somebody play a video game. See, I get that more really? than I get like unboxing videos. Watching somebody else open toys. Yeah, that or, I do not understand. That, that seems very odd to me, but. And they get paid for it. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Like there's one kid that's like, they're the king of the unboxing videos. And it's like his parents buy him toys all the time. and literally they just open it and they make a youtube channel out of it and it funds more toys and <laughs> i don't know how you fall into that racket but yeah <laughs> what a the... great job yeah i mean take toys out of boxes and then play with them great yeah. excellent yeah it's... what's it gonna look like when he's a teenager you know <laughs> i mean <laughs> Ugh, yeah. i don't want to see or smell <laughs> No, but Gabe has been watching some, some of them are not bad, granted. There's some entertaining people and, you know, there's a, there's a father-son duo that's kind of fun to watch. It's yeah. kind of cute, like yeah. seeing them interact. The problem is what he's learned from it is now how to do commentary when he's playing video games. Uh -huh. So nobody's around, um, right. but we know exactly what's going on. It's all very loud. Yeah. Very 
Yeah. Very loud. Did I mention that they're back at school and how wonderful today yeah. is? Okay. I sent that to Andrew first thing this morning. It was just like, today's a great day. The kids are back in school. He sent yeah. something back. I was like, I know, because the kids are in school. Did I mention the kids are in school? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long six months. But so then you just kind of randomly were found for CatCo and then went through yeah. the process and yeah, and kept meeting people and kept going like, wow, what an amazing group of people like looking for this next step and uh yeah and then I uh Catherine and I drove here and uh looked around and went this place seems pretty cool um and then took the job what does Catherine think about it Catherine loves it okay yeah no I'm very lucky there it was not (laughs) okay (laughs) what is she um you know, when we were in Chicago, like she missed a lot of things about Milwaukee and just the ease of getting places and her commute was an hour and 20 minutes and you know, like, and now we just have access to the city in a, in a very different way and we now live somewhere where we can get a dog. Yeah. So. And you said no, you don't want mine? Is that? <laughs> okay. I know I'd asked you, I just didn't know if you changed your mind. Okay. We've Uh gone, this year we've gone from, we got a puppy to, does anybody want this dog? Mm -hmm. (laughs) She is, no, she's really, she's delightful. She is, but she's a puppy. Uh, Um, And she's now getting bigger than our our four-year-old dog. She keeps eating, we keep feeding. Um, But she is the happiest thing on four legs. Uh Like she, it's almost dopey. We know she's not dopey. She's very smart. She's a poodle. She's very smart. But she is just happy. Like, and unfortunately she pees when she's happy. So there's just a lot of tinkle all the time. But when my son came home from his first day yesterday, she was like jumping, attacking because she doesn't know what it's like for us to be gone. It's so great for dogs. Dogs are like, it's really hard. I'd say pets in general, especially for like Zoom calls and stuff like this. Is that your cat? Oh, is that, yeah. yeah, this is my yeah. cat. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, I, I like that. It's a nice break. <laughs> you got, you don't have a cat, do you, Lita? No. Okay. It seems like, and I'm not a cat person, you know that. Yeah. I stop breathing, so I just, okay, yeah. yeah, by default, don't like cats. But it seems like for as elusive of animals that they are, they are learning how to make their presence known on Zoom. Yes. They hear the conversation and they're like, oh, you're talking to somebody. Let's see what's going on here. And they mm-hmm. want to be in the middle of the action. Yeah. And they also Walk the in front of the camera. Warm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Keyboards are warm and they like sitting on top of the warm spaces. And that's why they're always trying to walk right in front of you. So, yeah. Very helpful. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we don't record podcasts from home. <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to get? Do you know? Are you going to get a puppy or are you going to get like a rescue older? I don't know. All, all very TBD. Hopefully like a young-ish dog. Okay. Catherine had a Yorkie before. So that small dog world, right? Small to medium-sized dog world is kind of where she's at and what she knows about. She's a dog expert. So she's doing all the dog research, figuring it out. Crazy. Do you have names picked out? No, not at all. Okay. Okay. We, yeah, that's the naming thing is, it's like naming a kid, you know, yeah. you don't necessarily want to share it with people. <laughs> <laughs> but we haven't even shared with each other. I think we're just going to meet the dog and then we're going to know. That's, that's the hope. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So when you guys moved here, like, did you, 
did you have any like gauging of where you wanted to be? Because I know you were kind of like, we just got here and we had to find a place to live. How do you do that? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically what happened. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, we're finding a place to live where like there's going to be a pandemic for a while. So really, I would say like that was the number one driver on where we wanted to live is now we have a backyard. And do we need a backyard for the next like 10 years of our lives? Not necessarily, but whatever. Like we'll deal with that later. Right. <laughs> Right now we have a backyard and it's uh, it's a game changer, right? I was in a you know like apartment building in Chicago and when you and also when you go outside and you walk down the sidewalk there are a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And now I can go outside and I don't even run into people. I used to, I'm I'm really good at the game where you like walk through the side of the sidewalk, make people space, and um, you don't have to do that. That's true. Uh, and it's uh, really a one just a wonderful break <laughs> yeah. from. Uh, the, it's, and it's also just a, such a good reminder of like how different this pandemic is for so many people. Yeah. Like, right. I, I'm kind of glad I know what that felt like in yeah. the, right in Chicago, in an apartment building where you've got to, you know, be careful in the hallway and you're touching the doorknobs and, and then also what it feels like where I can just walk out of my house. And I know that only the people who live here have touched this doorknob, right? It's just a whole other, uh, it's a whole other way to experience this. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. And you guys, you wound up in the Worthington area. How yeah. are you liking it so far? It's great. So I love it. We're just right. We're going on walks. Excellent. Have you found any, I know you probably haven't been able to go to many places, but have you found restaurants, anything that you've enjoyed so far? Um, we've been to uh, Schmidt's, that's the name, right? Schmidt's Sausage House. We've been there three times. <laughs> well they've got those cream puffs and those are legit so and then we just had our first cream puff a few days ago oh, man. There, yeah that was great yeah um yeah so we have not expanded very far um, but it's great i i am sad to admit this that i've been in here since 1987 i've never been to schmitz mm. okay yeah 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 it's pretty good you should check it out. <laughs> I mean, it's sad because, you know, yeah. my vast five years of German, you yeah. would think that that would be my <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> 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 Where? So where do, would you want to go? I mean, obviously the theater had a bit open, but what are places that you've heard of or seen in Columbus that you're like, yeah, we got to try this out or we got to check it out? Uh, well, we're in Worthington, so Whitney House, obviously, on the list. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've already been to Buckeye Donuts. That was delicious. Yeah. Right. It was kind of like the random <laughs> when yeah. you know where to go. A very our very first weekend trip here. Like that's that's kind of what we did. Um is that it? It's kind of sad. Barbara <laughs> brought me pizza when I first moved in. Um, which was really sweet. But where where was it from? I mean, she left she left me a menu so that we would know. And it's oh. somewhere encounter right i don't remember well it's all right it's it more important yeah you're getting your kids oh we had yellow brick pizza too that was good yeah yellow brick's really good, good. Yeah. do you i mean chicago is known though for restaurants like was was that aspect of the city hard to leave yeah i lived in rogers park which is up on the very north end of the city and so like the restaurant world is half an hour in the car or an hour on the train you know so it like sometimes yeah. But it wasn't an everyday, you know, occurrence. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Catherine's a really good cook, so. Yeah, that great. makes it easy. Yeah. yeah. We've gotten very good at cooking since COVID hit. Mm -hmm. I've not. I've stopped. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
you know, there's I that. wonder if this fall we're going to go back to bread, right? Because it was too hot to bake bread. Yeah. But I wonder, you know, we've got to stock up on yeast before there's a new run on it at the grocery store. Yeah. Did you do the, did you do the bread thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, Kathy did the bread thing and I ate it. <laughs> you did that you helped, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, that was one thing we didn't, unfortunately. I mean, this is known for us. Ben and I have both been doing keto since the beginning of the year. Uh-huh. So yeah. it was kind of depressing when everyone yeah. was doing the bread things. You're like, Yeah, everyone's like breading up and like everyone's doing like yeah. the, the COVID depression eating and everything yeah. like that. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll have another burger. Without <laughs> <laughs> a bun. Yeah. So, you know. As, as Doug calls it, he just says your meat and vegetables. That's it. <laughs> like basically, yeah, yeah. but cheese. Yeah. cheese. Oh, nice. Good. Cheese, bacon. Yeah. Bacon. There, there's a lot to love on keto, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. But when everybody's making these sourdough starters and showing these loaves, uh-huh. yeah. cracked open yes. yeah. top, butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, it's cookies. Like I was, I'm, I'm very, I make really good chocolate chip cookies, and like that's the one thing that, like, man, occasionally I'll just go, oh god, that sounds so good, <laughs> so good. But yeah, what can you but do? But it's painful. Yeah, it is. There's, there's been a couple of chips, is my thing. Okay. Like sometime when we are able to, and we're working in our facility, we're gonna yeah. walk to Condado and have chips and queso. Okay, Condado. great. Condado, the their queso is literally drinkable. Yeah. I'm not saying I drink it, but um, <laughs> okay, sure. really good jalapeno margaritas. But hey, Condado, hit us up. <laughs> something. Do you feel like sponsoring the show? <laughs> yes, please. We'll take payment and tacos. So yeah. Yeah. But we, it's where we work. It's close enough. It's this lovely, like I don't know, three quarter mile walk. Nice. This is actually. I might do this tomorrow um this is usually where i go when i'm planning my shows okay i go to condado i sit down with chips and queso and yeah. just work in the sunshine awesome i'm totally doing this tomorrow Lita. if you want to come <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so what happened for you and your company and everybody around you in chicago when everything shut down what was that like yeah you know um uh so i was supposed to start rehearsals for a beautiful world premiere 13 actor play on march 16th Hmm. Um, our fundraiser was March, I think, 14th. Wow. So we canceled our, well, we moved our, we just moved our fundraiser online, right? Yeah. In, 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 in 24 hours. So now we're all learning how fundraisers move online and like well, all of these things. Um, but we, I think we made the decision maybe, maybe even less than 24 hours before go time. Mm. And basically I got on Google Hangouts with myself and a bunch of uh, Stradog Ensemble members and we talked about what was happening and what mattered and, and different people sent in videos of them. You know, uh, somebody I think did uh, a, hand, a handstand while naming all of the production history like in the past 10 years. Uh, so there was a, you know, everyone just sent in their special talents and songs and everyone just threw it together that day. Um, and it actually went really well. I think people were all feeling really, you know, generous and no one had lost their jobs yet. And we were all, uh, you know, just feeling like we need to figure out how to support the theater. So in actuality, that fundraiser, you know, did what it needed to do, but we didn't get to all, you know, people had cooked food. We had all the food ready to go and we had donated um, it somewhere. But um, so I was really sad and really, I'm very sad of this play, Welcome to Keene, New Hampshire, um, 
this beautiful brand new play. Um, I have been working towards this in almost a year and right before rehearsals, we're going to start, start. It wasn't happening. The good thing is, is we didn't know how long we had. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to start rehearsal online. And so, you know, new play, there was lots of table work to be done. Mm -hmm. And so we spent two weeks, um, working on this play and making some edits and figuring out character things. And, um, and it was wonderful. It was the, I mean, it was like probably one of the best things I've done this entire, um, COVID-19 time and we just got to bond as a group and get to know each other and in all of the things we were starting to figure out in our lives we knew at night we were going to log into Google Hangouts and talk about this play um, and then we were done table working it you know we got to the point where it was obvious we needed to get on our feet and the whole thing is on pause and it is still sitting on pause oh, and I hope, you know right I hope someday the great majority of us are able to to bring this play into being. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. We'll see. But what a great thing, though, to have as a as a distraction. Yes. I, I mean, to to completely yeah. block. It was. Yeah. I think that's why people baked bread too. It's just like it was <laughs> yeah. just some sort of creative process, even mm -hmm. if it's just learning how to make sourdough it, bread. It taught me so much about the virtual theater world too. Like, mm -hmm. not that we were trying to present something virtually, but just the normalcy of like the stage manager yeah. called a ten-minute break, and everyone yeah. turned off their video and their microphone and went and did their own thing, got a snack. Yeah, like we were in our houses. That was weird. You missed yeah. the like just hanging out with people on break. Yeah. But yeah. We had these right. There was a rehearsal schedule that came out every night. Yeah. Right. The rehearsal report comes into your inbox. Like all these things that are so routine and normal for us, which I'm really excited because CACO starts rehearsal in just a week or so um, for our the first play that I'm, you know, I'm here to be involved in. And so there are going to be rehearsal schedules and rehearsal reports and uh, <laughs> and people are, you know, gonna start collaborating with each other in a in a virtual rehearsal room and I'm so excited to get back yes. to that world it's crazy I, it I remember I think it was the first weekend that we had shut down mm -hmm. um there was a play that I'd found and I, I I just it was complicated because it deals with you've got to read this play Lita I think you would enjoy it I'm gonna send it to you yeah cool this is beautiful I'm sorry this is like <laughs> Chris is geeking out. <laughs> You're here. Sorry. Stay with me. I'll check out for a minute. <laughs> but the whole premise of this play is that it is a principal, a teacher, and a student. And it's very clear from the beginning that there has been potentially some inappropriate behavior happening. Here's the cool part is the teacher is both a male and a female, and the student is both a male and a female. Mm -hmm. And it intertwines and changes constantly. So mm. it's like male teacher, female student, mm. male teacher, male student. And to see how, that's why I needed it read out loud. Cause I'm like, I need to hear how this sounds. Um, and it's like the, the teacher and the student must not be like, it, it's encouraged as much diversity as possible. Yeah. The only consistent is that the principal is a male. Mm -hmm. But even that changes the dynamic. And you come to find later that the principal has had potentially inappropriateness with the teacher when the teacher was a student. So it's, mm. ah, cool, uh, cool, cool uh -huh. script. But I, I just thought, okay, well, we're all home. And I got a couple of people together and said, would, would you mind if we, yeah. and of course the response was, I got nothing better to do. Right. 
so I had two of my former students. I had two of my friends just within the theater community. And then um, a friend of mine that lives out in California, just kind of moderating the whole thing. We read through this whole script. And at the end, I was like, okay, guys, I'm so sorry. It's been almost two hours. I don't want to take your time, but give me a little bit, give me one sentence about what you, what you thought. Yeah. We sat for another half an hour. Uh-huh. Mm. Nobody left. It was yeah. just like, and that was, that was everybody's favorite part was just like talking about theater, talking about the craft and, and digging yeah. into it again. And it was like, I think somebody finally said like, stop apologizing. We want to be here. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that that's, that's still the same. Yeah. You know, even teaching over the summer with these kids is like, I feel bad. I feel like this isn't the real thing. This isn't, it's not enough. We're not able to give it. No, that's not the case. Cause they are they're sad every time the class ends. I'm sad when the class ends. I mean, that, that virtual play that they wrote that you directed was just so good. Yeah. I, it, it's one of the best pieces of virtual theater I've seen. Like it really, it just read, it was honest. It knew what it was. It understood its medium. And it was just there to be funny and to be poignant. And it was, it was so great. And you could just tell that they loved making it as well. It did. It was a, and this has happened, honestly, every class we've taught. And I keep saying, we've just been blessed with a really great craft of kids. Of course, it's every group is a great yeah. craft of kids. But that one, especially, they, they just gelled. So this, yeah. they had two weeks to write this play with Andrew. And then yeah. I took that group and we, I directed them through the play. And we did it virtually. Those kids knew how to make fun of me. I, I give major credit to kids when they have great comedic timing that they can make fun uh-huh. of their instructor. Oh yeah. Cause we always warm up to music. Mm-hmm. So I put a song on and one day one of the girls is like, Miss Krista, do you have anything that's like less than 10 years old on your music? It's like, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't actually. Um, but they were good. They were smart cookies yeah i think that this is this time too is showing how advanced the youth are mm-hmm. in this format probably more yeah. so than us adults yeah that they're they know how to communicate over these these systems mm-hmm. the part is what's it going to be like when we get back person to person yeah and people have to wear pants consistently yeah you know challenge I'm a big pants wearer. This wasn't, this has not been a problem for me. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't get when my husband's like, oh yeah. I mean, this person admitted they haven't put on deodorant in four days. Why would you say that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've always I, been a big uh, leggings and dresses person. So like yeah. that's always comfortable. Mm. Wherever I need to go, it's comfortable. Right. And most of what we do, we have to be able to move. In exactly. What yeah, no, I really started this when I was teaching a lot because you're right. It was easy to go like, wait, I can sit on the floor and then I can do this and I can show everybody how to make a giant tableau and a little tableau. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, what's your favorite age to work with? Middle school. Really? Yeah. Why is that? They're just like, they're, they're at this moment where you can have grown-up conversations, right? You can, you can talk about the story that you're reading. You can talk about 
what matters to them in the world. They're, they're going to have these fascinating, curious conversations, yeah. but also they're like so game to explore. Yeah. Right. They're just not quite cool enough to know that like, maybe you need to be hesitant in front of your friends. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like that even like in like eighth grade, right. That starts to creep in, especially in a model where like, that's the oldest person in the school. Yeah. Um, but that's sixth, So sixth and seventh grade. I just think that's great. I may be throwing my seventh grader your way just for my right. standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's not as much fun at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a whole different dynamic. Yeah. yeah. But I think I, I like that in that that's the age too, where when they don't fit in at school, theater is somewhere where they can fit in. Yeah, totally. That was for me, that was kind of where, where everything was. And yeah. Now outside of theater, ugh, I don't really want to work with them, but you know, that's, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like working with littles? Yeah. It's, it's not something I had a whole lot of experience with until just a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, so it, it just felt like, I know that I am like really well-trained and have developed all these skills for that middle and high school age group. So starting in the elementary school world, I was like, I just, I want to be a better teacher and Mm -hmm. I just haven't practiced enough. Right. Um, And been trained in that way. And so that would cook a little getting used to, but once I kind of re-hit that rhythm, because my initial teaching artist, artist educator training um, was K through 12. And so I had, you know, I had some really great mentors teaching me how to teach um but that was a long time ago and so a couple of years ago I started working with a with a theater um and working with kindergartners working with third graders um and it just it just took me a little while to go all oh, right these are the rhythms right this is where we're at but then it's really fun because you can just especially we were working mostly in improv based mm-hmm. classes and um and then just watching the stories we could come up with right? When it was really, uh, really young students who just imaginations are so open. Yeah. And, and the, right, the filters aren't there yet. We made some amazing improv plays. <laughs> and they don't even realize that they're learning something. Right. <laughs> now it takes a lot of coffee, that I will say. Yes. A lot of coffee. <laughs> and that's, I think that's what we're learning too in this like doing the teaching online they are they're doing really good at focusing yeah but if you give them the opportunity to just talk uh-huh oh golly that's <laughs> yeah. really what they want to do um yeah. the conversations just go yeah everywhere mm-hmm. there was one class that we did that i said i'm going to stay on for lunch if you guys want to just hang out yeah and there were about four of them that stayed on. I think we talked about ramen the whole time. <laughs> sure. And it's it's so good for them to have that, you know, and maybe, I don't know, what do you think? Like, do you think that their communication is building because of this platform? And I think it depends on the kid, right? Yeah. Right, some people, this is totally their world. Yeah. And then there are some people who I think, uh, I even like I, I have a friend who's a teacher He's like, I just hate looking at my face, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. Like it was just like this, like this self-awareness. And so I think everyone has their own place there in like how right. you, yeah. you know, how used you are. Cause that's the weirdest thing about this is most of these platforms, unless you fix all your settings, you're watching yourself. Yeah. Um, that's distracting. And I think for kids that can be really distracting. It's like, I would never teach in a room with mirrors. Find, find someone, find me a curtain. 
<laughs> you know? um, yeah. I think that that part of it's hard, but I also think there's a little there's a little more structure for some people who need it, which can be helpful. That's true. I mean, I'm ready to be done with it. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> so you have a pretty big endeavor coming up with Catco. So tell us. I want to. I want to hear your side of this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's been kind of nice starting in this moment of pause. Um, and figuring out what's next. So the first thing I'm working on is putting together a virtual season um, that if necessary, and we'll adapt if we need to, you know, if things open up a little bit or we can rehearse in the same room, like we will adapt and we will do some of those things. But for right now, we're putting together a season that is gonna be able to be rehearsed and performed all virtually and separate. Um, so I'm putting together what that looks like and trying to just make sure I've got the right projects that suit this world really, really well. Um, and then the exciting thing I get to do is just dream about the future. Um, yeah. I've got this great partner in Christy, who's the executive director, and she and I are just thinking about like, what are the structures that we need to make this successful and, and starting a listening tour. We've just been talking to a whole bunch of people, right, and trying to hear from folks who live in Columbus and see theater or don't see theater, you know, but why, what Columbus needs. And I really want to be responsive to that. Yeah. Um, it's just been really fun talking to folks and hearing about the theater world and um, and thinking about what kinds of stories we want to tell in the future. So I, you know, I'm starting a big giant long list um, of play ideas I've got, but I think more importantly, starting to kind of build a framework about the, the types of plays that, um, you know, CatCo can, can perform that Columbus really wants to hear. Yeah. And we've got a festival coming up. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so uh, the on October 24th, we're collaborating with the Heart of Protest at King Arts Complex. And we're going to present a full day of short plays and talkbacks and panel conversations. Uh, playwright Idris Goodwin, um, who's this um, amazing playwright who has a lot of experience working with young people. Um, he has written a number of short plays uh, and they're all titled together, Short Plays Towards an Anti-Racist Tomorrow. And so all of the plays are designed to spark multi-generational conversations around the topic of race, um, all the way down to seven-year-olds. And so my hope is that these four short plays, they're 10 minutes long. So they're really easy because after the 24th, October 24th, we're also gonna put them on YouTube and they'll just be available for anyone to watch. We're making it with a bunch of Columbus artists. Mm -hmm. And then these plays are just great tools to watch. They're interesting, they're thought provoking. Um, some of them are really, really fun and heartwarming. And then they're a great way to start a conversation with your kids or kids you know, or you know, uh, there are plays that have characters in them that are in elementary school and middle school and people who are adults looking back at a moment that happened in a high school setting. So, you know, it really uh, is intentionally with CACO and CACO as kids, a multi-generational experience. Um, really excited to be working with four amazing directors on these pieces. Um, we're having auditions very soon. We're gonna put a whole team together of Central Ohio artists and tell these stories. And so that's that's the end of October. And then I'm working on a holiday virtual play for some time in December. That's exciting. That's a lot. That's it is a lot. I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I, I love I love where we are in that that you and Christy get the opportunity to to start clean slate. Yeah. Because like you said, 
it's in a forced pause. Exactly. It's not that you're coming in and, okay, here's the season you're given, go, take this, here's the box that you've been given, open it and run with it. It's right. like, yeah, you can't do as much as you want to right now. So we're right. all of the plays that, right, that like we wanted to do that Stephen had programmed, like some really beautiful stories yeah. and we just can't do those right now. So let's figure out who we are and, and what the future looks like together. It's exciting. And it's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful to be a, a part of a company that's willing to take a different approach with something. Yeah. No, I'm really grateful for that. You're doing, I'm proud of you. Thanks. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited about it. We will, we'll put links to um, all of that good stuff coming up on the 24th on our, when we post our episode, but awesome. Lita Hoffman, you are amazing. Thank you for coming on. And yeah, thanks for having me hanging out hope it wasn't too painful <laughs> great chatting our, our big format that we follow yeah you know me and how polished i am and sometimes it's, sometimes it's just good to talk you know just yep. lovely. Hear what's going on in people's lives yep. this is what we love about the show i mean this is yeah. it's literally the only thing that we do. I, one of our last guests was like is it okay if i tell a story like, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. But now it's but thank you for for sharing with us and great. Do you want to do you want to give the social rundown? Sure. Hey, it's if so you like what it. you hear, uh, follow us on Facebook. That's kind of our primary landing page where you can get information, suggest ideas for topics or guests, uh, ask us any questions that uh, we're legally obliged to answer. What um, questions are those? I don't know. So I don't want to see those. <laughs> <laughs> um or give you unsolicited legal advice too so you know krista yeah. does that a lot no so, i don't um <laughs> anyway soundcloud uh, is kind of where we post everything it ends up on itunes and other places uh, and you can also watch all of the episodes on youtube as well yes and uh yeah aside from that i don't know what else you want me to say Preferably things not about giving unsolicited <laughs> legal advice. <laughs> Boy, good Thank you, Lita. You're amazing. Thanks so much. I'll see we'll you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>